0: I don't know about you guys, but I love that song. That's my jam right now. Do you love that song? That's a great. Thank you guys for leading us this morning. We celebrate together his glorious grace today. Uh, Hey, we have a real privilege this morning to welcome a guest speaker. His name is Dr. Moffat Zimba. And I was going to tell you that uh, Dr. Zimba was born in Zambia, and I was going to tell you that he started Northrise University, and I was going to tell you he went to Fuller Theological Seminary, and then I realized those are all the things I've asked Dr. Zimba to tell you today. So I've totally just stole his thunder, so we can just pray and close. No, no. That's not true. Uh, my hope today is that, and uh, I've asked Dr. Zimba, he was here with us last year, and if you remember, he, he spoke on Moses, and with a big Zambian accent, he said, Moses, and it's really great. It like, makes the scripture come alive. It's amazing. And, uh, and this year, I've asked him to come back and just share a little bit of his testimony of faith, what God has done in his life, and uh, how God has been faithful to him, and how God will indeed complete the work that he started In him and in you as well. So my prayer today for you as your pastor is that you would be inspired and reminded that God indeed started a work in you. And great acts of faith uh, require God to come through in the greatest ways and biggest ways. And so whatever God is calling you to, I hope today you find a friend and encouragement in Dr. Zimba in the way that God has used him and his wife Doreen over the last number of years. So together... Let's welcome Dr. Moffat Zimba. Now, one more quick thing as as Dr. Zimba comes up. If you remember last time he was here, we accidentally dressed alike. (laughs) And this is, I'm not kidding, we didn't plan this, did we? Again, we did the same thing and we... (laughs) I mean, it's almost as if we're brothers. I mean, you can see the resemblance, can't you?
1: (laughs) Well, uh, he's my brother from another mother. (laughs) But the same father, hallelujah. I am so glad to be here. Thank you for having us. Thank you to the leadership of this lovely church. I pray that God will continue blessing you. Uh, This room needs to be so small. Uh, with so many people so that we can reach the world. Amen. You know, Paul in Philippians chapter 1, in verse 6, as he is praying for the Philippian church, he encourages them, he says, uh, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will complete it. And that verse is for all of us, those words are holy, they are inspired, they are for all of us. That God who has begun a good work in us, who complete. Are you there, fearful, you have a dream, and you are thinking, I can't, I can't take a next step? I want you to know that God began a good work in you. Shall we pray together? Father, we thank you, we give you glory. We praise your name because you are worthy to be praised. Lord, we say, you are you because you are a creator. Lord, even as we encourage one another, I pray that God, may your name be lifted up. It's not about my name, it's not about the name of Northrise, it's about the name of Jesus. May Jesus increase in our lives. For it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Our story is God's story. And uh, it's a story of God's provision. God, in his own way, has put us on this journey of faith that God can quicken our faith. And he has increased our faith and he continues to increase our faith as we listen to his word because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. My life began in Zambia. Uh, Zambia is in Central Southern Africa, and uh, is slightly larger than Texas, and when I'm in Texas, I said it's it's, it's the same as Texas, Uh, because the Texans, they believe Texas is the biggest, you know, country ever. So I bow down to the pressure, but when I'm in Toronto, Zambia is bigger than Texas, to God be the glory. <laughs> so my life began in a village. I was born in a village. My father could not afford to take me to school. He couldn't afford to buy a pair of uniform for me to start grade one. So I was, I was seeing friends passing by, going to school, I learned how to write on the ground. The ground was the piece of paper. The finger was my pen. You know, in the villages when you go, you can hardly see any piece of paper. I remember the first phrase I got was, um, I picked up a piece of paper. It, it, It was written, white spoon sugar. I wrote that on the ground, and I, you know, because I learned the alphabet, I called my friend, I said, what does this mean? And he says, you mean you have written this, white spoon sugar? And he explained to me that's how my vocabulary was added. I continued crying. I was eight and a half years old. My father said, you know, I'll take you to, my, to your older brother in Indola. Indola is in the heart of the Copper Belt. Uh, it's 12 hours bus ride from the village to Ndola." So I started my grade one. I was so excited. Towards the end of my, you know, high school, Uh, I was brought up as a Roman Catholic. I thought, you know, uh, being Roman Catholic was the biggest thing, and I was very staunch. I thought that was the Mother Church. Adjacent to the church I was going to, the cathedral, uh, adjacent to that, there was a Jewish synagogue. The Jews would meet on Saturday, and on Sunday, it was Assemblies of God Church. So on Sunday... You know, we started services at the same time at nine hours. You know, for us as Catholics, we started with, you know, kneeling down. Our eyes are closed. And I heard them, they are starting with singing. You know, in the heart of heart, I said, Lord, um," from the blue, I stood up. I walked out of my church. I went to another church which I never believed it was a mother church. Lo and behold, when the sermon came from the book of Daniel, the story of Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, halfway the sermon, I was in tears. I stood up. I didn't know the protocol of that church. And uh, as I was walking towards the front, and one of the elders came to me and said, Young man, you know, what's wrong with you? He was thinking maybe I'm cuckoo. There's something, you know, maybe I'm wrong. And I said, sir, I want to give my life to the Lord. He says, no, 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 no. We have a tradition here. When the man of God finishes the sermon, he will pray and he will call you to the front and that's the time you need to come to the front. I looked at him, I said, no, I want Jesus like right now. Because, friends, I was feeling as if my chest is going to burst. So he took me to a room. I gave my life to the Lord. The Bible became the living word. It was no longer a book on the bookshelf. It was living. Each time I would read it, you know, I was encouraged. You know, When I completed grade 12, um, you know, during that time in Zambia, there were only two public universities. Out of 20,000 eligible grade 12s, only 1,000 are taken. We're in a poor country. 19,000, you go to the streets. I was one of the 19,000. My father heard and said, you know, your son has completed school and he's not going to university. He wasn't picked. So he came from the village. He says, I want you to become an army officer. An army officer? I never thought that I would be a soldier. But I realized, you know, Whenever your parents tell you something, you know, back home you listen, you obey, and you say, sir, I'm going. So I went for four months for training to become an army officer, and uh, we were 800 of us from different provinces of Zambia. And as soon as, um, you know, the four months was ending, there were only 200 people. And these people were training us, they assured us. They says, For you guys, it's a slam dunk. You go through all you need is to remember this, you know, this phrase. When they ask you, go in there confident. When they ask you what you want to become, you know, just salute and say, I want to become an officer, sir. So I said, okay. So we remembered the phrases. And I went into the interview, and there were seven people, young boy. So nervous, I looked at them and for sure they asked me, I was thinking they won't ask me that question. Well, that was the first question. What do you want to become in life? I looked at them, my mind went blank. (laughs) I blabbed a phrase which I never even planned for. I said, I want to become a pastor, sir. (laughs) Well, I didn't mean it. Because in Zambia, to become a pastor, you are choosing a life of poverty. It wasn't within my heart. It just came. And then they said, then what are you doing here? I said, I don't know, sir. <laughs> 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 well, there ended my interviews. <laughs> I failed. <laughs> I went, I talked to my dad. I, you know, I said the wrong thing, but you know, he assured me, you know, you know, God is with you. Someone gave me $60. I started studying accounting. It was a four year degree, but the Lord continued providing in His own way. I couldn't get to college, so I did through distance learning. And towards the end, friends, I had a degree in accounting. My mind was geared for accounting, I was crunching numbers. And I got a job with Coopers and Lybrand. My life changed. Now I was an accountant. I was no longer, I moved from the poverty level to lower middle class. And I got married in 1988. I was so excited. And uh, uh, my wife and I were holding cell groups during the week. And we started, you know, we are studying the whole Bible. We started with the book of Genesis. The second book is Exodus. The third book we are studying is the book of Leviticus. And I was facilitating one evening. And as we are going through, I, I got confused with the festivals, the ceremonies, and all the seasons which were being said in that book. And I said, time out. And, you know, my mind went blank again. I was stuck. It was at that time. You could hear as if someone is saying to me, I will use you to start a college and to teach. So we ended the Bible study. I didn't tell anyone because it was scary. So I, at the end, you know, everyone had gone. I told my wife, I said, you know, I had a very strange feeling. You know, God is, there's something within me so real. And my wife says, oh, me too. It seems God is going to use us to teach. That was exactly what was on my heart. We prayed that night. We we're excited. We are going to start a college. Think about it. Only two public universities in Zambia. And we are, we are saying this will be the first private university. We woke up in the morning. You know, we, we are telling friends, friends, you know, it seems God is going to use us to start a, a college. And uh, they looked at us as if saying, Moffat, what are you smoking? (laughs) (laughs) Who thinks like that in a so poor environment? When you think of teachers and buildings and everything else. So our hearts went cold as if someone has poured water on us. We thought, okay, well. It's one of those feelings when you're on the mountaintop with the Lord. You think the experiences will remain. But after six months, the desire came on us so strong. We thought, you know, we need, the first thing we need to do is to further our studies. So the doors opened in Melbourne, Australia. We applied, we were accepted in a Bible school there, and uh, we had $1,000 in our wallet, one way air ticket. We said, Australia, here we come. So we went there and my brother, I remember my brother telling me, says, How can you quit being an accountant and follow to be a pastor? I thought your friends who are wise, they come being from pastor to being an accountant. Because you have no money. I told my brother, I said, God will provide. We feel so strongly that we need to come back. And empower the people of Zambia, one student at a time. So we go to Australia, and we realize $1,000 wasn't enough. We're paying $100 every week, uh, four weeks, it's done, and uh, it was a Thursday. And Sunday was uh, our last day in that house, and I had only $2 in my checking account. So we are praying on Thursday. Lord, Help us. We have no money. You have brought us this far, no return ticket, and we are of money. And you said you are the God who provides. You need to provide for us. Friends, our faith started growing. Because you need faith for you to communicate with our God. That's the only language He understands. So Friday, we did the unthinkable, said, we are going to look for an apartment, and and we believe God will provide. My wife and I went around, we found a two-bedroom apartment, and the landlord says, if you pay $400 deposit, $400 one month's rent, this is yours. I looked at him, I said, on Monday, we are coming back. You know, at the back of the mind, he says, you have $2, you have $2, you have $2. (laughs) But my words, I'm speaking, I'm saying we are coming back on Monday. Saturday, we continued praying. Sunday, you know, at the end of the church, you are talking to other people and someone shows up and say, oh, by the way, we have been counting offering and we found a check in your name, $800. We believe this is your money. We never shared with anyone. Well, we took that money. We realized the Lord had provided. On Monday, I went quickly to the bank. I deposited, you know, and the the teller says, how much are you putting Mr. Zimba to your account? I said, I'm taking it all. I'm remaining back with $2 because this money belongs to someone else. So we paid and... uh, we were so in tears of joy that God had provided. Our apartment came with a stove, electric stove, and the rest, it was well-painted, a nice carpet, nothing else. So we move in. We had a pair of bedsheets. That night, it was winter, very cold in Melbourne, and it's raining. And uh, I told my wife, let's kneel down and pray. Now, our faith was increasing. I said, we need to pray. The same way God provides, he has to warm us tonight. We need to be warm. And he's able, even with a pair of bed sheets, he's able to warm you because he's the sovereign God. He owns everything. You know, you think of your heater in your home, there is a God who can give you a better heater. And we prayed halfway the same on you know, halfway the prayers, a phone rang. And I picked up the receiver, and the woman on the other hand, the lady says, Moffat, been, I've been praying for you. And you could hear a broken voice. She was crying. She says, Can I come and see you? Are you in bed yet? I said, Oh, no, we are not. <laughs> so she drove, she came, and then she says, I want to see your bedroom. I said, oh, our bedroom looks like any other room, but you're welcome. <laughs> we have chosen this room to be our bedroom. And she looked at the room. She was in tears. She says, I've been praying for you. The Lord impressed upon my heart to bring blankets, bed sheets, donuts, one week's groceries, pillows for you. And I had no idea that you didn't have all these things. Well, the Lord had spoken. Following day, the nuns from the Catholic were passing around. They knocked on our door. They said, uh, you know, Moffat, first of all, they said, Sir, uh, we are here. We give out things. Do you need anything? So I opened the door. I said, well, you come in. And they came in. They go, oh, my goodness. You need a whole lot of things in this place. (laughs) They took us to St. Vincent de Paul. And they told us to pick whatever we picked. We will never pay. They would transport. They will have people to help us. Friends, the second day, our apartment was fully finished. As though we had been living there for more than 10 years. To God be the glory. I go to school the following day, you know, with my wife. who said, give us a job. Whatever you have, we'll do it. We have no money to pay tuition fees. And the principal smiled at me and said, You have no idea. Somebody walked out of my my office. They paid for your tuition fees for you and your wife for the whole year. And you will never know this someone. Up to now, we don't know them. The Lord provided. And time came for us in Australia. We were so comfortable. We realize sometimes when you are in transition, when you are so comfortable, sometimes you can lose your focus. We dreamed we we'll, we'll go to America. We'll, I applied to Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena, California. They accepted me. And I had an acceptance letter, believe it or not, and, um, and I forgot about it. I was thinking about school. And one evening, I couldn't go to bed. I woke up, turned on the TV, and right there, as I turned on it, it was live. There was Los Angeles riots. You know, Pasadena is just close to Los Angeles. And I look at that, I go, "Hmm, this is the place we want to go." To. So I went to my files, picked out the letter, and I could see Pasadena and all these roads. I say, "Oh my goodness." This is the place we want to go. I prayed that night. I said, uh, well, Lord, this is the place we need to be. Because we believe we are in ministry. We don't run away from that. We go into the battle. Lord, we want to go to Fuller Seminary. Following Sunday, I was preaching in a church, my home church there, and I shared with them about... uh, our desire to go to fuller seminary, and at the end of the sem- you know, end of the service, a woman came to me, a lady, she says, "Why do you want to go to America? Didn't you hear of what's happening in Los Angeles?" I said, "No, it's not what about happening in Los Angeles. It's about us. God has put us on a journey of faith. She gave us 1,000 dollars. Fuller Seminary wanted $10,000. Before the end of the week, we had $16,000. We sent $10,000, Fuller, here is your money. And end of 1995, we went back to Zambia. I arrived in Pasadena on January 1st, 1996. Now, I came from the village. You know, One morning, I realized I need to buy bread, you know. So I went to this big supermarket called Rough Supermarket. You know, it's a boy from the village. So I go in this supermarket. I find an aisle of bread. You know, I stood there for five minutes. And I'm thinking to myself, why are these Americans like this? (laughs) Choices. We never, our choice was very simple back home. It was brown bread or white bread. Why are you thinking of, you know, rye bread, all this bread and that bread? So I just, my eyes fell on wonder bread. <laughs> I, you know, I bought wonder bread. I went back to my, you know, studio and, uh, you know, I started eating. I go. Oh my goodness, they've sold me a cake. <laughs> 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 it's so sweet. This is not the way in Zambia. Bread should have sought. So I went back to Ralph's supermarket. I said, I bought the wrong bread. I need to buy bread. They said, no, no, just, just throw that one. Just pick any I said, no, 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 I need to buy. So I went on that aisle. I was so confused. I said, you know what? <laughs> I'm going Biblical any biblical name here I'm taking that bread <laughs> well I ended up picking Ezekiel bread mouth bread <laughs> so in America we are eating Ezekiel bread and you know we started a nonprofit organization in America called North Rise University initiative 1997 we did the business plan 1999 we applied to the Ministry of Education that we want North Fry's University to be registered. 2000, we applied for land for 30 acres. The government came back to us and said, you want to do a university and a farm? We'll give you 640 acres of land. We went back in 2001, and the minister of education says, do you really want to study it? We said, yes. How much do you have? We said, nothing how many professors do you have? Says my wife and I. <laughs> do you have buildings? No. And he says, but you want to start a university? I said, yeah, we have a desire and passion. He talked to us for three hours. He says, maybe you don't know what a university is all about. He explained it in detail. I said, thank you so much, sir. In fact, the thing, some of the things you explained, I didn't know. I've learned them today, but we want to start a To cut the long story short, we were registered by 2003. 2004, we started you know, classes with 50 students, 10 pastors, 40 IT. My wife did IT. She did computer programming while in America and Australia. She ended up working for Microsoft When you talk of living an American dream, we did. But when life was so comfortable, we said, no, we need to go back to Zambia. And our friends, they said, you know, you are going back to Zambia. You know, there's poverty, there's this. And I said, no, when the Lord calls you, even if you are in poverty, It might be the will of God. But you need to do what God has called you to do. So we are going back. Friends, we have never been in poverty. We have graduated more than 220 students. We have 735 students. We have 15 undergraduate programs and nursing, a four-year degree in nursing we started this year. The mine, camp- mining company, a Canadian mining company, followed us and said, we have hired all your IT you know, graduates. You are doing a good job. We want you to train our nurses. So this is our first year to train them. God has been so gracious. We have four strategic initiatives going forward. The first one is we want to strengthen our governance structure. So that many people can participate. The second strategic initiative is we want to achieve financial sustainability. We have started a farm. We started with a, you know, three chicken houses. We are doing 1,200 chickens every week. You know We bought six caro. The first born we named her Northrise. The second born we said Mr. Hamburger. Uh, <laughs> and the third one we said your days are numbered. But now we have 86 cows, we have done 32 acres of bananas, our goal is to have 100 acres of bananas, 100 acres of corn, and do 3,000 chickens every week, and go to 150 cattle so that we can do beef business, all to help us to achieve financial sustainability. And the third strategic initiative to achieve academic excellence, so we are building. Next year, we are moving to our main campus because we bought a five-story building, downtown Ndola. Ndola is a city of half a million people. And Zambia as a whole 15 million. So we want to train people. We might be sending some of the people here in Canada. And uh, our goal is to achieve academic excellence. The fourth one is to broaden, you know, uh, awareness of Northrise. So we are branding Northrise both in Zambia, Southern Africa, as well as uh, in the Western world. We have partners, Bella University in Texas. We have Dot College in Iowa. We have Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo in California. We have Fontys University in the Netherlands. And we have Shanghai Normal University in Shanghai, China. All these are our partner universities. Our goal is to strengthen our academics and to do a good job. God has been good to us. We are grateful for what He has done, and thank you for being you know, so faithful for inviting us again to be at this lovely church of yours. Thank God the weather was so friendly to us. Last year, it was you know around 30 degrees. You know you bring a Zambian and it's 30 degrees. Then you won't go out. But now I can go out. It's around, you know, between 40 and 50. Much, much better. And I can see the sun. So thank you so much. Uh, the Lord be with you. This story I shared is a story about the journey of faith. It's a story about God providing. He can provide for you. You might have a dream of starting a business and you are not stepping out. Step out in faith. You might have a heart to go to African, become a missionary. Step out in faith. Sometimes we we have so much logic and analyze things and say, you know, you know, I'll get something from here and something from there, you know, so that when it balances, then I can go. Friends, God is able. He will meet your needs. Is Jehovah shalom? Is Jehovah Jireh the one who provides and He will give you peace? May the Lord be with you. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. We give you glory for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, that many of our stories, they are your story. You have truly, Lord, uh, helped us to see you as we minister to many students, as we minister to all these orphans in Zambia. I pray that, God, you help us to do the right thing, to educate them, that lives will continue being changed. Thank you, Lord, for partners like these friends of ours. I pray for this church that, God, you continue growing it, not only in number but in quality, that people will love you, that people will spend time in prayer, that people will love your word. We thank you. We give you glory. Go before us and continue encouraging us. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Thank you. Would you join me in thanking Dr. Zimba for being here this morning?